What we want to do basically is take all of our expertise in professionalism and technology, but put our 15-year-old passion into it. Hi, I'm Joel Pilger, and you're listening to episode 60 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today is another in our profile of the Creative Entrepreneur Series with Heather Roymans and Justin Kanner, partners at Alter Ego. Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business. Hello and welcome all you fabulous creative entrepreneurs, fellow Rev thinkers. Today is January the 2nd, 2019. Happy New Year to you. Today's episode, we're continuing our profile of the Creative Entrepreneur Series. We're actually kind of front-loading January with an extra episode or two of the podcast. I guess it's our way of saying let's kick off the new year with a bang and get rolling. But this episode is with Heather Roymans and Justin Kanner. They are partners at Alter Ego. Now, maybe you're thinking, hmm, Alter Ego, who is that? I have not heard of them. Well, there's a reason why you haven't heard of them, and that'll come up shortly in the episode. That's a big part of what the story is about today. Uh, by the way, there are a few technical difficulties in this episode at seven minutes down the road. So if you're listening and you hear a little uh, change in the audio quality, Let's just say that we uh, we were recording on several sets of microphones and we made a switch midstream. Announcements, announcements. Let me get to some announcements because this is going to be a busy month for us here at RevThink. There's a lot going on and I'm actually really excited about that because I'm actually still in technically vacation mode here at the first week of January coming to you actually from Steamboat, Colorado of all places. But I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and get to work here in a few days. So let's get you some announcements so you know what's coming up here in the next month or so. For starters, Cohort is coming to London. Definitely excited to say that we are officially kicking off our London chapter of Cohort. So this is the mastermind full evening with owners of studios and production companies and agencies. Our London chapter is kicking off on January the 17th, and our featured guest is Blair Enns of Win Without Pitching. Blair is in London and is kind enough, graciously accepted our invitation to be our guest at Cohort. To learn more about that event and how to receive an invitation, go to revthink.com events. Next up is Show Launcher at NatPe in Miami on January 22nd at the NatPe conference in Miami. Rev thinks Tim Thompson along with Patrick Jaeger are going to be leading a masterclass session called Stop Faking It. So this is for all of you that are in the content development game and want to continue to level up in the new year. Show Launcher continues. To find out more about that, you can go to that same URL Go to revthink.com slash events, and we'll see you in Miami. Next announcement is Jumpstart. My next accelerator is starting at the end of January. So for all you up-and-coming studios out there that want to reach the next level, this is your chance. All the details are at revthink.com slash jumpstart. I'm going to be doing all kinds of good stuff as we ramp up towards the end of January to get everyone prepared that's going to jump into this accelerator. And I'm really, really looking forward to this one because the content in Jumpstart just continues to get better and better and better. All right. For those of you that are Jumpstart alumni that have been asking me and RevThink, what's next? The accelerator was great, but what now? Where do we go from now? Well, we finally have an answer for you and it's called Confab. Now, this is brand new. We're just announcing it today on the podcast, and you'll see some other announcements coming out of RevThink. But we're going to be doing a live weekly forum with me and other RevThink guests exclusively for Jumpstart alumni. Okay, so if you've been wondering what's next, how do we keep moving forward, this is it. It's going to be a weekly workout with me and my guests. So if you're a Jumpstart alumni, just be on the lookout for your invitation. And I know this is going to be a really positive and constructive way 
for all of you alumni to keep moving forward together. And I'm excited to be your personal trainer. You're going to drop and give me 20 <laughs> every week as we keep you moving forward into the new year. All right, another announcement, Digital Design Days. I'm going to be speaking in Geneva, Switzerland in February. Those dates are 11, 12, and 13 in February. Digital Design Days is a really cool conference that happens every year. And this year in Geneva, it's really that intersection of creativity and commerce. Uh, so this is why I'm, of course, very excited. I'm going to be speaking about genius. I'm going to be doing a session as well as a workshop. And there's a great lineup there. So if you can make it to that conference, I highly encourage you to come. It looks like it's going to be great. Information can be found at ddd.ge. So triple D dot G-E. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, we're speaking with Heather and Justin at Alter Ego. Now, you're wondering, why have I not heard of Alter Ego? Well, maybe you've heard of IFDC. IFDC is a production company and studio based in Washington, D.C. that's been doing a lot of great work, especially over the past few years, thanks to Justin and Heather's leadership. But their business has evolved and grown and changed, and they are changing the name and their positioning. And this is a lot of what our episode is about today, is talking about their story of how do they come to own IFDC? How did they get into the business? And of course, where are they now? But more importantly, where are they heading? Where are they taking this new company called Alter Ego? I know you're going to enjoy the conversation. It's always cool to sit down with fellow creative entrepreneurs and hear their story. And I was really fortunate to have Heather and Justin, I think back in November, we were all in New York. They came up for the cohort dinner that was happening uh, there in Manhattan that night. And we said, hey, let's get together during the day today and record a podcast episode and hear your story. So that's what this episode is all about. If you want to check out Alter Ego, their new website is now live at alteregocreates.com. So go to alteregocreates.com and you'll learn all about Heather and Justin and their awesome creative business. All right, here's today's episode. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Heather and Justin. Welcome to East 42nd Street. We work. <laughs> it's quite a nice room, actually. It is. Yeah, so let me ask you guys to introduce yourselves because uh, for our listeners that may not know you, I'm sitting here with Heather and Justin. And what I call, do you guys go by the name currently Image Factory or IFDC? How do you, how do you introduce yourselves? So at the moment, we are, I would say we're IFDC. Okay. Not anymore. Ah. So by the release of this podcast, I'd say we are now called Alter Ego. Yes, and Alter Ego is a creative content shop. And we are focused on creating the best work and having the best time. So who's the we? Who am I sitting here with? I am Heather Roymans, and I am partner and executive creative director. And I am Justin Canner, and I am a uh, co-director and editor. And colorist. And a partner. And, and a, a partner. partner. And a partner. And a partner. <laughs> no, it's very cool to, to, to sit and chat with you guys. And that's obviously huge news because when we spoke about getting together and doing a podcast in our you know series on the creative entrepreneur, you guys said, hey, we're in the process of going through a rename, uh, so not just a rebrand, refresh, but actually a rename. So that's, I mean, that's obviously the big news. And I've been kind of waiting too, just so people listening that are like, oh, you already knew that. No, this is actually news to me because you guys have been sort of been waiting to announce this. So by the time this podcast is live, the new firm will be live. People can go see that IFDC is now Alter Ego. Yeah. Correct. New website. New website will be hot, up yes. and running. Wow. So that's, that's obviously a really big move. And I'm curious to hear because um, we'll get into the whole story of kind of where you guys come from and how you started getting into business and, and all that. But just because I'm really curious about the shift and the change, what was the impetus behind saying, hey, it's time for us to rename? Because I know there's usually some sort of a moment in history. Some, some, it symbolizes something, right? Well, I think in order to get to that answer, we do have to talk about our, our genesis. The history. Uh, the history. Yeah. The origin story. Uh, yeah, our origin story. And I was a uh, victim to one of those mass discovery layoffs uh, that happened quite a few years ago where half the department was 
respectfully laid off in a change of management. And so tell us, um, so you were an employee at Discovery. I was. And that's actually where you and I first got introduced because back when I was running my studio, Impossible, way back in the day, yes. um, I think we worked together once or twice. I don't we remember. But <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, yes. sorry. Refresh my memory. I remember but... you coming in for pitches. I remember you working with Trish. On yeah, the sure, yeah. sure. So tell, tell us a, a brief, just the brief history of your experience on the client side because people are always curious when somebody comes from that world to this world. Exactly. So I, was, uh, I worked at Discovery for 16 years. I was the creative director in marketing. And so I was the one that was working on those pinnacle blue chip uh, documentaries, the Shark Week, Planet Earth, Life. I was very lucky to have, have those experiences. And also the, the really great series at that, at that time when Discovery was the place to go for the Deadliest Catch and Mythbusters, Man vs. Wild, Storm Chasers. Right. So I was able to work on all of those amazing series and specials for Discovery. What I call the Discovery glory days, The right? glory days, yeah. <laughs> Not that there aren't still great days, but those were glory days for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and the company was really building towards something magnificent. And so I was able, very fortunate to work on those uh, promotables, to work in a marketing department with a very strong, very strong strategy partners, uh, a really great team of writer-producers. Um, and so that was my background. My background was running big teams and working on the client side uh, has definitely enabled me to see things really clearly on this side, really great perspective. Um, but I also got to work with unbelievable shops, mm -hmm. uh, like Impossible. <laughs> and, You're too kind. Uh, you know, I, I've directed with Kyle Cooper uh -huh. in, in Dutch Harbor, Alaska for Deadliest Catch, you know, when he was at Prologue, right. Prologue. Working with Imaginary Forces, working with Brand New Schools. So I had a benchmark of what I expected, what was good. That was, that was the bar that I had set for myself and my career. So cut to this mass layoff, <laughs> you know, 16 years in, and I understand. The writing was on the wall. There was a lot of change going on at Discovery. Uh, I was surprised our department lasted in, in its capacity for as long as it did. And shortly after, uh, I had done some consulting work, uh, in development and obviously in, in promotion. And then I was recruited to become the executive creative director at the shop where Justin and I met. And he was uh, one, of the, one of the hot new editors there. Uh -huh. And so we, that's where we met. Mm -hmm. That's where I started. Mm -hmm. And a couple months in, our boss actually told me, I don't really just want you to be the executive creative director, I want you to run the shop. Okay. And so that was very attractive to me. I love challenges. I, I <laughs> Was there a title with this, like managing director? I think it would have been, it would have been, he wasn't big on television. President? I she was VP at the time. Probably. I remember, I remember sitting in the room and, and uh, he had said something about, you guys had already had the, the conversation, but then he was just, we were making new business cards. And then you were like, what title should I put? And he goes, <laughs> just put VP. And you're like, really, VP? <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And so kind of went. Now I'm laughing. I'm laughing because this is such a funny moment for me when you think about small businesses, right? Is that oftentimes the title gets figured out when we're making business cards. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like until so then, you're like, I don't know. I just do all this stuff. I make yeah. magic. I, you know, keep clients happy, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, but I got to put something on the card. So knowing that I would rather share in success than be isolated with it. I knew I was looking for somebody to step up and be my partner in this venture of running the company. Um, Justin was the, the hot editor at the time and somebody that was just relentlessly driven and always positive. And I remember the first time that we had a project that really tested this potential relationship. And I'm one of these people that will put everything into the work. I understand what it takes when you get a project, no matter what time of day, you gotta do what it takes to make it happen. And the first time we tested that philosophy <laughs> and the test of our story? partnership, yeah, it was. Because I'm sure uh, there's a war story behind yeah, what you're so saying there. You're laughing. <laughs> yeah, so there's an agency that called and they needed a piece for VW and Audi. And the terms of this project were really tight and challenging. And I'm going to let you tell the story because it's amazing, your take on it. I was stressing on the phone trying to think, how are we going to make this happen? Little did I know. My future partner was there thinking this is going to be the best opportunity that he's had so far. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, this is 
At the end of the day, I had been cutting a, a sizzle or you know a set of uh, promos for PBS for our good friend Aaron Newsom, and um, and it was delivery day. I'm just versioning. It's like you know we're about to clock out. It's right. gonna be great, it's, and you're, you're everything's going smooth. Yeah, 5:30 at night, and we get the call, and I'm putting the last end page on, and and all I hear is Heather behind me, um, on the phone, and she is taking this call, and and I hear things like Audi, and then VW and uh sizzle and le mans and race car <laughs> and she is like okay okay let me get back to you she didn't say yes we have it and i turned around and i was like i don't know what you're talking about but i'm down whatever it is let's do it i'm in so you have no idea no idea this means i'm working all night right i didn't know that she meant it was due i had never heard what the uh, deadline right. was and so heather was just like are you sure we haven't said yes but what they're going to do is come over with a drive with a few hundred gigs of footage and we have a 90 second cut due by noon. And I was like, <laughs> can you do it? Are you uh, in? All right. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And so they brought over a drive. This was before Avid AMA. And, uh, and so it wasn't just as easy as linking to all this footage. And so I Meaning you had to transcode up. everything. Yeah, exactly. And so this was also, we didn't have shared storage at the, at the shop at the time. And so I split this up between seven different computers. I was transcoding from six to 10, networked all the computers together, got everything onto one machine, and then started cutting from 10 o'clock, you know, rolling through race car footage, which was, yeah. for me, it was amazing. Rolling through race car footage, started cutting at 10, had a cut by 8 a.m., went home, took a shower, because I was gross, and <laughs> got a pot of coffee, came back at 9.30. And, you know, this was... We don't have E2s at the shop. We were, it was a smaller organization. Right. It was just us all night. And then so came back, 9.30, reviewed the cut with Heather. We had to do all our graphics ourselves for it. and So not just an edit. Not just an edit. No, <laughs> no, no. The music and everything. Um, sound effects, sound designed it. Got them a cut by noon. They then looked at it and immediately were like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is actually a two-day event. Can you cut a second video? No changes to the first one. Mix it. Let's get it out. Let's do another video. Wow. So when so I guess, Heather, from your standpoint in this whole experience, you're realizing, okay, wow, Justin was not frustrated by this challenge or disappointed or whatever. It was like, wow, I'm totally down for this challenge. It sounds fun. And to me, this is like I can sort of see the signs of what I would just call the kind of the heart and soul of the creative entrepreneur, which just says, I can figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. just give, give me a shot. I can make that happen. Mm -hmm. Even though, as you're saying the words, you really don't know what the hell you're going to do. Yes. But you just get in there and you start making it happen. We figure it out. And so you're thinking, after this experience, you're like, okay, this is somebody I want to be in business with or yeah. collaborate with. Yeah. This is a fellow hustler. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hustler. <laughs> So, and that's, and that is exactly what we do and, and who we are. And so we started partnering more and more on uh, bigger initiatives for the company. We were becoming forward or client facing, attending the speed dating sessions at Promax together. We were oh, starting yeah. to get our footing. We were really starting to uh, become the face of the company to a lot of our clients while our boss uh, had a broker and he was actively trying to sell the company. And we knew that. And one day after many attempts and meeting different potential financiers and, and buyers, he looked at us and said, do you guys want to buy? Now that's an interesting moment because I'm also thinking, have either of you been in business before this moment? I, I had an LLC when right. I got, you know, after discovery. Okay. Right. So you were freelance. You were yeah, a freelancer a operating freelancer. under a, a, a corporate entity. Yeah. yeah and I would say I, I never had an official business per se, but I'd say as soon as I got my first copy of Avid Express Pro on my laptop for free, limited to two video tracks when I was 14, maybe. Um, the moment I had that on my computer, I was making money on it somehow. You know, whether I was doing a birthday right. video or a soccer video for, you know, sure. compilations. As soon as I figured out that this was a thing that I can do, I have been making money on it as like the side hustle. But this is now a whole nother level when yeah. an owner says to you, hey, do you want to buy my business? Totally different level. <laughs> totally different level. Yeah. This because, isn't a soccer video. Yeah. No. Because now you're, um, I'm guessing there was a, there was a, 
a team of some size that you're now yes. inheriting. Yes. Space, facilities, yeah. client yes. list. 16 people. Operations. 16 people. 16 people, two separate spaces. Yes. So this was this was a big decision. Now, I'm especially so I'm especially curious for you, Heather, because I find generally people who have spent, call it the better part of a lifetime Mm -hmm. um, on the employee side, Mm -hmm. rarely can wrap their heads around the reality of what it is to be an owner. Yes. So what was that like for you? Like what what is it about you that's that you've been able to navigate that? Well, I never thought I would own a company, and the reason why is because my father owned a company. Okay. So we had it was a little bit a little bit of family business here. Okay. So my father ran a company for the better part of my remembering, my upbringing. Okay. Um, and he loved it. He would, you know, the best thing is being your own boss. (laughs) He loved it. He absolutely loved it. And he ran, he ran and managed a manufacturing plant in. Agawam, Massachusetts. He made filtration products. I find that so fascinating because, well, here's that's that's not like in a way that doesn't surprise me because often the person who steps into that role as the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. there's some sort of a history, there's some sort of a background, there's some sort of something where, like, I think with you, Justin, you maybe had that history of I'm a solopreneur, I can hustle, I can make jobs happen. Like, you mm-hmm. kind of have that mindset it sounds like from an early age but with you there was that family yes tradition or history that you maybe all those years you were at discovery you, you had that thing in the back of your mind saying yeah but one of these days i'm gonna do like my dad did i my father was so proud and i remember going over the documents and the papers and and really going over everything with him it it, it sparked such an he had just recently retired actually okay and he couldn't have been happier to have this fall into his lap right after retirement he really enjoyed going over the meat and the documents with me. Um, but I never, I really never thought all at, at all when I was at Discovery or beyond that I would ever own a company. I loved being a creative director. I loved working with different disciplines. I never really thought I wanted to take on the responsibility of owning because I knew what that meant. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw my, my father and it was a great. It was a great experience. I never. He wasn't missing plays and graduations and weddings and things like that. He he managed his 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 life work balance, but I never thought that that would be me. I wanted to be in it. I wanted to be in the creative at all times. Right. But I also, when presented with this challenge, knew that I was getting ready to move on anyway. I knew that I had been at this company for three years, and that I had to start looking for other options. Mm-hmm because I needed to keep my name and my career fresh and relevant. Yeah. Um, this isn't one of those industries where you can just stand still and no, no, settle on, sure. you know, rest on your laurels. Well, I'm curious to hear from both of you when, at this point, transition point. So, you know, you, you've both, both been working at this company and now you have this opportunity to mm-hmm. buy it and be the owners. Mm-hmm. Was there a sense of the excitement? Was it about, you know, my partner Tim and I often say, that you get into this industry for, as an owner mm-hmm. for one of three reasons. <laughs> you maybe have heard me say this. For fame, for fortune, or for freedom. And sometimes people move through those three things as they evolve and mm-hmm. progress as an owner. What was it for you when you said, you know what, I think I'm down for this challenge. What was the th- sort of the brass ring that you were reaching for in that moment when you made that decision? Yeah. Well, and you can interject in here as well, when we got the offer, we looked at each other and said, "We let's go to the bar. <laughs> let's go to the bar and think about this. Yeah. Let's literally think because it was a it was a huge put put the brakes on. It was a huge moment, and so we went down the street to to Sidebar, which is no longer there, unfortunately. But uh, if you want to check out a piece on our on our website called Bullet, it's where we shot that. <laughs> it's near and dear to us, and always always will be. Love that and. You know, we went and said, this is, what What does this mean? What, not only what does it mean for you, which is such a great point that you brought up the why do you want to own a company? It wasn't, oh my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to find the money? Oh my God. It was more, what's, what does this mean to you? What does stepping out of your role, what does owning a company, what does, uh, is it about the money? Is it about the art? I think was the, was the question. What, yeah. what is it for you? Yeah. I mean, and as far as owning a company and I'm going to take just a quick step back. 
I'd love to be able to live up to this, uh, your interpretation of me that I was just this 14 year old, you know, like just doing it by myself. I grew up in a post house. My dad was an editor also. And he was an editor. Yeah. And he had a company called team that he started in 92 and I didn't really go to daycare. I just went to work. Oh my gosh. That's like from when I'm six years old. And up, you know. So for you, there daycare cutting. was the edit suite. Yeah, and it was amazing back then because it was a full linear suite. It looks like NASA. There's a thousand buttons and a Grass Valley switcher that's seven feet long. Yeah, of course. And so, I had a blast. Everything was cool, and and that has always just been my, my background. And so, seeing my dad own a shop was always just something that, for whatever arrogant reason in my head, I was like, yeah, of course, someday I will own my own shop. There it is. Um, so similar, a, a family, there's a, some family tradition in history yeah. that your dad was an owner. Of course. And, and then so, seeing okay, his cool, hard cool. work and he, you know, I knew that going in, being an owner meant 18 hour days easy, yeah. like right on the regular. Um, but yeah, so Heather and I are at the bar and kind of just talking about, you know, what do we each bring to the table? But more so than that, what are our goals? What do we want to make? And what do we now actually have control over? How we can now steer this ship. And that was really exciting for me. And, um, and at the time, and we had these conversations, we had been working together now for six months or so, I think by this point, six or eight months. And we kind of recounted a story that our former boss had asked us early on. And this was, this would have been a moment that decided whether or not we would be partners. And it was, we were both asked independently, are you in this for the art or for the money? Mm. And my, immediate answer was, well, I think money follows good art. And so, cause I'm still always going to think about the money, but I do think it follows good art. And Heather, I just said art. <laughs> you just said art. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, we looked at each other and we're like, right, because we don't, if we're just in this for the money, we might as well just do politicals, make bank yes. and then also take off half the year. Yes. That's not what we're in this game for. And for the, yeah, for those of you out there thinking, oh, I want to make money, you're right. Go into politicals. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, you make I've a lot worked, of money. Uh, yeah, I've worked with a few of those owners. Yeah. You definitely do make a lot of money, but you ain't making art. No. That's for damn yeah. sure. So I guess to answer your and Tim's question, it is uh, out of those options, I would say it's freedom. Mm-hmm. And not freedom that in, in the way that you would think it's that we have. Like that we're life. Having a life, <laughs> having time. Right. It's freedom to have that creative control. Yeah, and to be able to, direct, to to be able to direct the company in that way. And at the time that we did purchase the company, the town had a lot of uh, topical work, a lot of launches and topicals. That's uh, mm-hmm. that was what was the bread and butter of the shop. Um, some agency stuff, but mostly just uh, you know it, it was promo launches and topicals. And that was a good model, and we had the right staff and the right people for that. Now, then the change, yeah. the change yeah. happened. The change. Okay, yes. so which, about what year is this that you're getting into here? Uh, I'd probably say about two years ago. Okay. Yeah, around 2016. When the bigger change happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Where so we that... started not getting any topicals at all. It would be, you know, <laughs> launches. But then we also started, sh- we were doing always a little bit of shooting. Um, and then kind of got more and more into shooting. And so now that's kind of a big part of what we do as well. Mm-hmm. And was this a response to the changing needs that the clients were coming to you? Or was this also a response to just something within you that said, I want to do this type of work? Uh, both. Both. When, when we were talking about the kind of company that we wanted, because mm-hmm. now, now, now it's real. We are now being asked to purchase a company. And that makes you take a look at the company you're purchasing. I'm not getting another offer anywhere else. This is this is the company that we're being asked to purchase. So, right. and we worked there, so obviously, you know, we liked it. Mm-hmm. But this was an opportunity for us to do what we wanted to do. We had a boss that had a very strict vision and an aesthetic, and it wasn't ours. Mm-hmm. It was his. Mm-hmm. And so we were given a great opportunity to sit back and take a look at that. This is an opportunity to evolve and to take it to a level where if we would have started our own company what would we have done right and it that took was us one of our questions that we we asked each other this whole run is yeah. like what would we have done if we started this from scratch because we did inherit a few things and a reputation that was what it was and uh what we learned is that it's crazy hard to change a reputation yes mm-hmm. um 
but and to know. not be convoluted about it the reputation was that we were down the street from discovery mm-hmm. we could probably bring in a cheaper bid and we could do it pretty quickly that was the reputation we had and that mm. is not that was not my reputation right as right. heather royman's creative director of discovery i had a reputation for doing award-winning work yeah. and justin had a reputation for being a great new sizzle editor in town so we wanted to be able to make those make that change make that reflection change and it took a while i mean the first two years of owning a company you're literally just trying to figure out oh my god yeah Yeah, like i'm no longer sitting here trying to make the you know i'm looking at boards and i'm looking at a cut and i'm speaking at promax you're trying to figure out, oh my God, I'm getting these legal documents and what what healthcare options are we doing? Making sure we're keeping up with 401k. Like all of those things yes. factor in. And so the first couple of years we were just, we had the same clients, we had the same kind of workload. It was all just learning. And then we were given the opportunity finally, and it was maybe forced upon us by the changing climate and uh, you know the changing industry. Yeah to actually look at, okay, do we, do we have the staff to execute our vision? Do we have the space? Do we have the equipment? Do we have the right clients? Mm-hmm. And so it was a real opportunity. And, and so it's interesting because what I'm hearing too is that the first two years, you're just assimilating and you're just kind of getting up to speed, almost in effect saying, what did we buy? Yeah. <laughs> right, you're wrapping your head around, what did 100%. we buy and what does it mean to run this thing? And then you're saying, okay, now we have all of these assets and what are we gonna how can we best utilize these Mm -hmm. to make the most awesome thing you also are getting into something really interesting which is the one of the assets that you had was that name and that reputation and i think if i'm reading between the lines you at some point said okay it's time to upgrade that asset we need that reputation that name that goodwill can be at another level and was that part of the impetus behind the name change yeah we Def- definitely. Um, and also, we just wanted something that was a reflection of us. Yeah. We don't feel necessarily that the, the name we had previous was a true reflection of who we were. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's cool. Heather and I are, are, you know, I'm biased maybe, but the most unique kind of partnership in this industry. Most partnerships, when you look at a lot of companies, are, two, are generally two dudes or a group of dudes um, or a group of ladies. Or someone that was, you know, one person is the business person and one person is the creative person. Yep. Generally from the same generation, same backgrounds. And so what is cool with this is that, you know, Heather and I are from different generations. We're from completely different backgrounds. Um, and she's from the, uh, the client side and I've been vendor side my whole life. Mm-hmm. Different sexes and, you know, but with all that said, I feel like a lot of times when, when uh, businesses kind of form or partnerships kind of form, it is one person that's like, well, I have this set of skill sets. And so the only thing I need to be the most successful, rich company that's ever existed is to find that one person that can do all the things that I can't do. Mm-hmm. And that honestly is kind of a setup for failure because unless you actually sit there and figure out, well, do we like the same things? Do we have the same goals? Do we have the same work ethic? Are we willing to put in the same amount of time? And then also... When it comes time to make hard decisions, are we challenging ourselves? And so that is what I think is crazy unique about us is that, and that goes back to the bar, we actually sat down and over the next three months looked at a thousand references. And we looked at, you know, what do we like about this? Why do we like it? Meaning what do we at, want to at, do? Looking at firms in the industry and firms and other and companies other, and brands. Yeah, and... other pieces, spots, art, um, Everything from not just 30-second spots, but movies. And we would sit and analyze why we liked something and what would we want to create if we had done it. And so we were like, oh, my God, it's so cool. We are from, you know, I think we're 12 years apart from different, maybe 11. I think you're, just, I think you're, I think you're about 12 years older, yeah. Right. Sure, sure. <laughs> and Heather's slightly rolling her eyes. <laughs> and, you know, from, again, just all the different backgrounds. And, we're, and we have the exact same aesthetic. And then on top of that, we challenge each other in a way that none of us have an ego where we're upset with the other person. And I feel like there's a pretty solid story of, so I started, I started doing DaVinci Resolve Color maybe six years ago. And I was, again, six years younger, so I was maybe a little bit more arrogant, a little bit more full of myself. And I learned the program, and I was like, yeah, I know the program now. 
I'm a colorist. And she literally was like, you're not a colorist. <laughs> and right. I was like, no, I can totally do this. And she goes, you're literally not going to make anything I like for five years, is what she told me. Interesting. And so immediately I was like, whoa, dude, that's kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you're harsh. Yeah. It's not going to take me five years to master anything. But then so I started doing it and I put everything into it and started was learning everything I could learn, reading all the books I could read, practicing relentlessly. And... She said five years, and I and three years later, we worked on a piece for Gunslingers, which is this whole piece that she shot. I did the color, and she loved it. So I was like, you know what? Three years. Took three years. <laughs> challenge. Is, she needs a challenge. This no, one. but I love that because even three years seems ridiculous. Yeah. Because in this day and age, you think, oh, I'm just going to learn this tool and you oh, know, yeah. a few tutorials, and off I go. And it's like, well, there is a craft yeah. here. And people that practice a craft yes. for three years, for five years, yes. are have you know obviously – if that's their genius, they're going to do it at a level that's much, much higher. Exactly. Exactly. And that was the level that, that, again, I was at. That is the bar that was set. And I knew that that is what Justin aspired to be. We had a certain level that we considered quality, acceptable. Um, we, we really wanted to relaunch and rebrand this company in an image that was more reflective of who we were, our aesthetic, and our plans for the future. Now, how long has this process been happening? Because I'm just thinking you guys probably started asking some of these questions back when you were at the bar, mm -hmm. even asking, saying, well, if we buy this company, would we even potentially change the name? It probably came up. Mm -hmm. So it's been a two-year conversation on some level? It's almost four. Oh, four now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and when we originally purchased, we were like, oh, you know, IFDC, Image Factory, it's the name of our company. Let's not go crazy and change it now. Right, Rock people, yeah, we didn't want, as it is, we were new owners. People had to start seeing us that way. Our clients had to start seeing us that way. And so to change the name, we figured that would just compound confusion and, and maybe doubt, cast any doubt. Yes. So we, you know, we kept things. Markets don't like listen. uncertainty. Yeah, they don't. They don't. And we didn't want that either. We wanted to focus on learning how to be owners, learning how to be managers while adjusting to changing you know, change the changing climate, changing mm -hmm. clients. Yeah, sure. um, so we really were focused on just doing that. When we got to a point where we were super confident that we're ready, we are ready. We feel that we have the trust of our clients. We have the trust of our team. Let's let's do this now. There's no time like now. And we had just renovated our space, and we had formed a team that really delivered on everything that we could hope for. Mm just gets our mission, gets our vision. Yeah. This is the team. So this is finally Alter Ego. We're ready. We're finally perfect. So Alter Ego is about to be unleashed yeah. on the world. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like um, what's cool is, I like to say this, I like to say that a really well-run creative company that you are, you have an opportunity <clears throat> to invite your clients into an exciting story that they get to play a part in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you have like a name change, it actually gives you a moment where you can actually represent that or symbolize it to that audience and say, hey, come with us on this journey. This is gonna be really cool. Mm -hmm. What's that journey? What's When you guys look out ahead and you're like, ooh, now that we're alter ego, the story continues, here's where we're going. Right, right. And that's kind of where what we chose about this name is that Alter Ego is reflective of Heather and I. Uh -huh. um, it's reflective of the team we built, but then as far as it's, it's inclusive of our clients and future clients. And when we were thinking about, um, you know, who we are as a company, what our goals are as a company, it is always about the clients. And so our whole kind of... Um, mission is to make our clients shine so what can we do that makes our clients when they can take this back they're the ones that are looked at as oh my god you guys did this amazing job and our client knows that he's or she is that person that took it to the next level and so for i want especially right now you know industries are the industry is kind of crazy everyone's maybe a little bit scared mm -hmm. alter ego is a place where you can come and actually be a different have a different mindset and not be scared to maybe take a risk where you were before, where you may be playing a little bit safer. Um, you can come here and, and play this other role that you've always wanted to be with 
a group of people because alter ego has another definition, not just on the, you know, be the opposite person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not necessarily that. Um, The other definition is a trusted partner. And so we can be your trusted partner. And we can also be a place where you can look at risks and we figure out how to make them not risky. Yes, that's the big point is that risk is a scary word. Yeah, sure. No one wants to take a risk. Um, No one wants to take that on, especially now. Everything is so uncertain but we will take that on for you. So you can you can feel like you're doing something differently. Take a chance and we will take on the burden of the risk. Right. We will take that on for you. Yeah, in a way it's almost like we'll we'll give you all the credit and all the win and all the success and any yeah. of the risky, dangerous mm-hmm. failure, oops is whatever. Yeah. We'll take we'll take the blame for that. But at the end of the day, let's go make something that's yes. different. And and that's unexpected. And knowing that we're coming at it that way pushes us. I want to take on risky mm-hmm. work or a challenge to be risky. I want to sell something in that hasn't been done before or something that may not be safe. And I want to put that challenge on myself. Justin wants to put that challenge on himself and so does our team. We have a really diverse team of amazing seasoned professionals. And I know a lot of people say that. It is great when you can get that. It yeah, is sure. really magical when you can have that that kind of a team. We have, we have the editors that came from motion and worked on sizzles and trailers. We have our art director came from Imaginary Forces and The Mill and Gretel. Hmm. We have those people with us Mm -hmm. to be along this ride and to be along for for this journey. And that gives us the confidence to, to be able to sell that, to be able to make that statement, which is we are here to make you shine and we want, we want to make you look good. That is, that is what drives us. And the fact that they come from such amazing places, but it's not just about being able to say, oh, well, like our new high editor came from from Motion or, or we have another guy came from New York, worked on Showtime and stuff. Like, It's the fact that they have that kind of pedigree, but they're also the most collaborative people you could work with. They don't take all the credit for everything. They actually make it a partnership with whatever producer's coming in or our art director that is a genuine leader and is bringing the rest of the team up and giving them the strategy behind why you design and not just make you know, lines in a certain way because it looks cool. Right. It's gotta be cool for a reason. Yeah, our, our partnerships are, are huge and are everything. Too. When we say we're collaborators, we are collaborators together because we are partners and we're mm-hmm. running this, this company and on this journey together, but we also require that of our team. And you know, when we decided to rebrand, we design things for a living. We brand other companies and, and businesses, but we knew that we couldn't do this by ourselves, and we knew we needed that outside perspective. And so we sought out uh, a firm that specializes in brand strategy, Noetic, um, run by Nancy McDonald Reuter, who I've known for many years. She used to work um, back at Discovery and has worked on uh, really high-level brands such as you know, Nike, uh, worked at all the big agencies. So we wanted a partner like that to provide us with this with this perspective that we knew that we needed if we were going to do something as important as rebrand our entire right that's very cool uh and so working working with them and bringing the whole team along for the ride was something that we were able to expose them to as well we are often provided with a strategy before we start a project that's something that we don't often get let in on that process we're not we don't have a seat at that table so we are often provided with a with a brand brief and that is how we start our projects so to allow our team uh those that haven't been on the client side those that haven't worked in that capacity at an agency to be able to have that experience was another uh really telling moment about how we lead i guess that's a terrible way of saying that but mm-hmm. it was uh yeah, telling moment isn't right at all. No, how you go um, through the process. Yeah, how we right? go through the process and yeah. how we share that information with, with the team and how we involve them because we do appreciate what everybody brings to the table. We appreciate, as, as Justin said, their pedigree, and we understand that we are better for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I can definitely tell you, props to you guys for hiring external experts to help you go through that process, mm-hmm. right? Because I think there's almost a bias that, well, we're creative people, we're designers, whatever, we can do it quote, we can do it all ourselves, right? But there is such a thing as experts who can, you know, you don't, I, I like how David C. Baker says it. He says, you don't want to be inside the jar trying to interpret your own label on the outside, exactly. 
right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure that was a really cool process to go through with this. I can't remember her name you mentioned. Nancy uh, McDonald yeah, yeah. from Noetic. That, um, yeah, that that's, that's, there's a process there. And if you want to do it at this high of a level, my, I'm trying to get my hand <laughs> this high. You can't see it through the microphone. But if you want to play at that level, then I would say you're now at a no excuses level. Mm -hmm. So how would a firm brand and position and perform at that level? And you, you might say, you know what, we needed an expert to help us through that. And also, I mean, in the same way that, you know, every mechanic has a car at home in a million pieces, they don't ever have time to work on their own stuff. That's a great, um, I love that analogy. Yeah, the yeah. kids and, have no shoes. And in the same way that we've rebranded other businesses, and they're like, well, we could probably do this or that ourselves. And we're like, the fresh perspective and the actual ability to go in unbiased and ask you, and ask you questions that actually might scare you a little bit and make you actually think about yourself in a different way is super huge. So for us to be able to try to sell that to other people and then not take our own advice mm. would be ridiculous. Okay, wow. That's interesting because, yeah, you in a way you just sort of um, put it back on everyone out there that is the owner running a shop and saying, Oh no, no, I can do it myself. It's like, well, wait a minute. You don't recommend your clients do it themselves. Right. Yeah. There's something to be said for this like magic alchemy of when client, you know, vendor agency, production company, whatever all comes together that, that there's a certain, you know, result that's greater than the sum of the parts. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a magic there. Yes. Very much so. So IFDC is now all grown up. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's all grown up. And it's like, I'm excited that you guys are in a way unleashing this sort of now your vision is sort of, I think, fully being realized mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's about to be unleashed. So as you go forward, I think of IFDC and where you've been as the DC shop that was, you know, someone, someone might have called you a promo shop, perhaps, mm -hmm. because there was a lot of work, obviously, in that town with the merger of Discovery and Scripps, the other changes going on in the industry. What type of work excites you? Are you going to be doing more work for ad agencies and more commercial work? Are you going to be going brand direct? I mean, what, you know, will you be creating even content of your own? What kind of things excite you guys? Yeah, creative content. We are a creative content shop. Mm -hmm. uh, we, our background is promos. We love short form. I think it's because we appreciate the ability to juggle a bunch of things at the same time and we're both a little on the on the ADD side so we do we do appreciate being able to jump off and on projects uh, quickly well there's also a mastery of being able to tell incredibly powerful messages in a very condensed format absolutely right so absolutely. There is a, oh yeah I went from a being a long-form writer and I, I wanted to write novels at what at a time and plays and poetry and to be able to put it into a 30-second script that a fifth grader can understand. I remember being told that word is too big. No <laughs> one's, you cannot use that word. You can't use voracious or you, you have to, you have to pare it down. It has to be understood by a fifth grader. So there is certainly a skill to that and it will always be my first love. Mm. And I do think it will continue to be a big part of, um, of who Alter Ego is and the kind of work that we do. But we have, over the past couple of years, we've gotten into telling those stories in different ways. So we always aren't, going first to the edit, going first, first towards a designer animation-led um, execution for something. We also do a lot of live action. Justin and I have been co-directing um, for a couple years now, uh, actually, and we own quite a bit of gear. Mm. And we've pared down our package to be appropriate for the jobs we're getting and the jobs we want. So not only can we direct your large shoot that requires, you know, the Technocrane and the Moho and the craft services and the clients, you know, client right, services sure. for, for talent. Um, but we also can, we've pared down our package that we can take into the jungles of Guatemala uh, that are all battery power that can go for three, three plus hours. Um, and we can do that with a much smaller, nimbler crew because if that's what the job requires, that's what the job requires. And you know, we now are we now are pitching for both linear and digital, mm -hmm. and those have mm -hmm. completely different paths, budgets, expectations attached to them. Yeah, sure. Um, and and so we have we've tried to evolve so we can we can tell shorter stories in in different ways. We can tell longer stories in different. We're actually working on two long form pieces right now. Mm, um, you know, we're NDA'd on on some of them, but they're very <laughs> very exciting. Uh, well, 
by the time this podcast by the time this podcast releases someone that w- that is very famous that maybe comes from the south side of Chicago might have a book about what it's like being becoming the first lady I don't know just something like that just a possibility just something like that um but what I love about kind of this question and in, in the direction that we're going in is that what I think is uh, again our our value proposition at Alter Ego is Heather and I is mm-hmm. this partnership mm-hmm. and then the team we've built but it is the fact that a lot of shops want to be able to say like we're the interview people or we're the short form people or we're this or we're right. that we're the food but, shooters yeah. we're the, yeah exactly <laughs> we, we do humor <laughs> but because we have our own independent expertises and then we teach each other everything so like i said like i'm a huge car guy we've also we've now done a mess of car shoots because i know how to shoot cars mm-hmm. and then and heather's a, like has an amazing uh, eye for detail and um when you're lighting a car, it's a chrome ball. So you either have to hide every light or throw a thousand lights at it. And so we can do something where we've done really high concept car related spots, but then Heather is also a master interviewer. And so then we've also been able to do these really cool story driven spots. And so we can, as one shop, rely on our independent expertises and then know that we are a true partnership in that, you know, I might be looking at this car thing and then she's looking at what the lighting is like and then if there's a story to be told she you know we kind of will let one take the lead but then we're always fully supportive but that it allows us to broaden right what we can do because we can rely on our independent expertise in my experience i'm curious if it's in yours too that as budgets go up actually time actually goes down in the sense that usually when you're on a shoot if it's you know a three four five hundred thousand dollar day there's actually less time for everything. Like everything is even more packed in Mm -hmm. because it's almost like, well, if we're spending this much money, we'd better get everything. everything. Yeah. Like there's going to be a helicopter. Mm -hmm. We're going to have, you know, three cameras rolling at all times. This is going to be slow motion. And every element you add actually makes things more compressed. Yes. Where every, you know, setup is, Mm -hmm. you know, down to the five minute increment where your producer is saying, okay, we're moving on. Like we can't be Mm -hmm. five minutes late. We're, we're, like, do you like it? Is that the lighting? Mm-hmm. Is that the angle? Like, you got it. You're good. And you're Ready. sitting there going, okay, I think we can move on. I think I got it. And you're mm-hmm. looking at each other, I'm sure. And I'm like, yeah, no, we got it. Yeah. yeah. No, knowing that we <laughs> knowing that we have it is really important. And that is, and when I say time, I mean pre-production time. I mean, by the time, from the time you green light the project right, to, award, when we're, to, shooting. to when we're shooting, if I could have more of that oh, time. Sure, because sure. these these things happen. And on the day, if you don't, plan for everything if you don't have plan b c and d if you haven't if we haven't had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to sync up on every single detail so we can be the most efficient partnership on that day that is where it is my greatest hope over money i would rather have time in pre-production what's like is is it common from award green light you know hopefully first half check even shows up Oh, you're fancy. Oh, whoa, yeah, whoa. You're let's tell. go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go there. No, but for, in, until t- until shoot day, right. is that typically somewhere between a week and three weeks? Like, what's yeah. what's quick versus what's generous? A week is quick. Uh, a, week a week is, is common. Yeah, and common. Um, but like, and three weeks is like three weeks oh, is great. If only we could only if if we could always have three weeks, we we'd be so much happier. Yeah, yeah three weeks is is also not completely not common. It happens from time to time from time to time but but i'd go like the the iron res piece that we did to me was such a a slam dunk success that we had a month we had two weeks i think that we were concepting and then we had a month of actual pre-pro but then it was also due seven days after the shoot Mm. but because we had cut it we shot it and cut it 15 times before we actually went on location um you know like i said i had a rough cut on wrap day, we had a fine cut two days later, and then we were in mix and sound design, and it was good to go. And that speaks to, that was like a perfect case scenario because our client trusted us. Mm. And that is also That's a big huge. word. Yes, the big, <laughs> really the big, big word. T word. Because we, once we sold, the, once he chose the concept and we knew it was going to be a match action edit, we, would, we wanted to take more time on the pre-production side we knew that we could nail the edit as long as we had the time to pre-pro. We had this time. And the client trusted that we understood the best way to execute his vision. And so having that trust, if he would have said, no, 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 I'm really nervous. We need a month. 
to go through cuts and, and I need a fine cut stage and a rough cut stage and they need three days to review it and you know yeah. they're out in LA and I'm here in Maryland and we're, I'm gonna have to have this time that would have severely severely compromised the creative yeah. so the fact that he was an amazing partner and trusted our vision we delivered for him so this is almost a like a lesson for anyone on the client side listing that if your partner merits that level of trust mm-hmm extend it mm-hmm. yeah. like give it uh because there is a certain i mean pace and quality everything that comes together when you can trust someone mm-hmm. now they have to be worthy of it mm-hmm. right yes but when that combination comes together it is powerful because i will say most you know most of the really great collaborations that i see that studios working with the clients when there is that high level of trust mm-hmm. and that client is like able to just kind of mm-hmm. say, okay, go. I, I, you, I know you guys got this. You got yeah. my back. You're going to take care of it. Wow. Yeah, and, I, and I've been there. I've been there. I've been right. you on were, that You were that client. client. I was that client, and I apologize <laughs> if I was. Yeah. I was that client, and so I understand, and I don't vilify our clients or roll my eyes at that. I understand those mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. I understand what it's like to have to take it back to multiple levels, to be on your own deadlines, to be hearing feedback from above and from your peers that you have to accommodate, and you're also working on other projects. You are also doing other things, so let us take that on. Right. We are the experts in execution. And so let us do that. Let us take that risk on for you. Let us tell you the best way to make you shine, to get you something you're gonna love. We take that very seriously and we take that challenge very seriously and we love it. It's what drives us. It's completely what drives us. And so when we have that trust and we know how to execute, it is going to be, it's gonna get you that hot spot. It's gonna get you that award. It's gonna get you that standing <laughs> ovation in the, in the, in the boardroom. That's the promise that we'll, we're making. I feel like I just got sold. I'm like, ah, I don't nice. know. I'm like, I don't know whatever it is that Heather's selling, but I'm buying it because no, I mean, there's a certain just magic of when someone's operating in their genius and they're doing what they love doing and they're excited about it. You, it's like, you know, I kind of get goosebumps. I'm like, I want to be part of that. How do we go? Let's go make something amazing together. Yeah, and that's kind of again what why we are breaking the mold of this image factory name and why we are going into alter ego is that we this is truly what we are passionate about. This isn't a nine to five or 10 to six or whatever your hours are for us. If you go back to when you got into this, if you went to school for it, or if you were just making videos in high school or whatever, like what we want to do basically is take all of our expertise in professionalism and technology, but put our, our like 15 year old passion into it where it's all we want to do all day long and relentlessly just keep pushing it and pushing it and making it better. Well, I think that's a killer note to end on. <laughs> I don't know if I can top that. Yeah, I know that was great. Well, it's really cool. I mean, I'm obviously just very excited about seeing the story continue, right? From IFTC to Alter Ego. And huge fans of your, your work. And I'm really excited to see where you guys take the company from here. Because I know you're reaching for the next level. And I, I know you're going to crush it. Thank you. And thank you, Joel, for allowing us to be part of this discussion. Uh, we're also very big fans. I've known you for a really long time. And this new venture of yours, I'm so intrigued and oh, excited you. about. And I know, Justin, you want to say one yeah, final yeah. word? Absolutely. I just, again, Joel, thank you so much for having us on here and for just being a voice in this uh, role of helping us kind of find you know, better ways of selling. We've been uh, you know, clearly fans of the podcast and the Rev Think whole movement for a long time Mm -hmm. and just forever students of this and so we've been able to learn a lot from you over the years and how we price and how we just value ourselves and so that has been hugely helpful so thank you i appreciate that feedback that's awesome yeah forever students that's a really important forever students yes that's true of all of us yeah so for people that want to find out more and they want to check you out I'm guessing the old domain will forward to sure. where? It what's will. the what's the new website? Alter Ego Creates. Alter Ego Creates. And yes. is that dot com? Okay. Dot com. Dot com. Alter Ego Creates dot com. Alter Ego Creates dot com. Okay, cool. Well, I, I'm looking forward to checking it out. And I'm guessing it's live as of this podcast being released? It, it is. Fantastic. Okay, congrats, guys. All right. Thanks, Joel. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com.
I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.